Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. My name is David. Oh, I'm Zach. <laughs> and this is the podcast where Zach and I, David, um, <laughs> trek through the Star Trek universe <laughs> episode by episode. Um, a we single are, star date at a time. That's right. And um, we are your companions on this voyage. They're, you are aboard the USS companion star companion <laughs> um if you look to the left there's cd alpha 5 if you look to the right city alpha, city alpha 5 <laughs> anyways today today we are reviewing um season one episode three of enterprise um this episode is called strange new world do you have a star date Therefore, uh, there's actually no star date. They don't record a date, but it is 2151. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So today, um, in this episode, we find ourselves again on board the Starship Enterprise, and the the crew of the Enterprise, they're jonesing, man. They're ready. They're ready to find some, <laughs> some new planets, some new civilizations. They're ready to seek out some, some shit. And... Um, it just so happens that they stumble upon an unknown Minchara-class planet, and it's completely devoid of humanoid life. But it, um, it's got trees, it's got rivers, it's got babbling brooks. It looks like fucking Northern California. It really does. <laughs> That's exactly what that looks like. They went to Rock Creek Lake over yeah. the eastern Sierras, <laughs> let me tell you. So, um, so you know what, Jonathan Archer... Um, he he needs he needs his crew to get down there and enjoy some time and and despite to Paul's request to survey the planet mm-hmm. for an ex- extended period from the start from the Enterprise, Archer instead plays his trump card and 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 asks her to prep, prep a survey team and descend to the surface immediately. <laughs> Smart. Yeah, classic Archer. You know, just throwing caution to the wind and saying, you know what, our people have been on the ship for for days at this point we need a break 
<laughs> we need some shore leave to Paul. That's right. You fucking emotionless monster. Well, yeah, you don't get it, Paul. <laughs> okay. My people need to feel the wind on their face. They need to feel the sun in their hair. Before before you get too deep into this yeah, uh, go synopsis, ahead. I just want to say, if that was my fucking dog, mm-hmm. I would not have just let it run off a fucking ship onto an <laughs> uncharted, unknown planet. Okay? <laughs> yeah. Not but, cool. You know, again, this is Northern California, and <laughs> these are the voyages of the Starship, the original <laughs> voyages of the Starship Enterprise, and I think... We're we're finding kind of a theme here in the in the first three episodes, which is, you know, the crew. They're they're making mistakes. They're out there. They're voyaging. They're making mistakes. Voyaging, voyages, and I think we find out pretty quickly that mistakes have been made <laughs> on this planet. <laughs> you know, continue. <laughs> so, T'Pol assembles her crack. Survey uh, team of herself, Commander Tucker, Ensign Mayweather, and a couple crewmen. Um, I believe their names are Cutler and uh, either Novakovich. No- Novakovich, yeah. And so they they um they they happen to spend the night there, and lo and behold, a strong storm moves in, and T'Pol, um orders her crew to take refuge in a nearby cave and well, that's so go ahead no, um before they go into the cave and before the the storm happens archer and is it reed i think reed go, oh no archer and mayweather go back mm-hmm. up to the ship and they're like let's just camp it is motherfucker reed. it oh, is reed, reed. Okay. yeah but let's yeah just take a camp yeah <laughs> And um, it's at the 8 minute and 14 second mark in this episode that <laughs> Archer orders Commander Tucker to pitch his tent. <laughs> <laughs> Which I found thoroughly amusing. <laughs> oh, God damn it. And then they go into the cave. They go into the cave and that's when things begin to get, begin to get weird. Um, the Paul and the other crew members, they start seeing things, they start hallucinating, and they start imagine, uh, imagining that they're humanoids. Yeah. <laughs> they imagine, they imagine um, that they're seeing humanoids in and outside of the cave. Mm-hmm. And uh, Ensign Novakovich runs out of the cave after one. Uh, everybody tries to go and save him, but they can't find him in the storm, so they all say fuck it and run back over to the, to the cave and take refuge. And... Um, Lieutenant Reed and Archer are able to find Novakovich and they beam him on board and he's got all these growths all over him and he's like hallucinating. He's tripping balls. He's tripping nuts. He's, he's tripping nuts. He's got pieces <laughs> of the storm, the foliage that are Oh, is that what that scattered is? Scattered around, yeah. Oh, I Because thought... they're using the transporter and so, you know, the way the transporter works is they take your atoms, they break them apart and put them back together and since they have never really used that shit mm. the atoms are mixed in in the little area with the the storm blowing the foliage and rocks around got it okay see i thought that was i thought that was the effect of the of the psychotropic uh pollen mm-hmm. that was going around but they he apparently got synthesized with leaves and rocks and things um <laughs> they synthesized him synthesized 
So the main the main conflict in this episode is that they can't beam them back because the storm is really bad. But they're also tripping balls down in this cave, and as the episode progresses, uh, Tucker Trip gets more and more violent, and he gets more and more violent against T'Pol. And um, you wanna you wanna jump in here? You got any? Yeah. Um, so then. He he starts to attack T'Pol because they think T'Pol is uh, speaking clandestine, you know, secrets to <laughs> yeah. some unknown beings deep into the cave, and it's one big, uh, it's a witch hunt, if you will, where they it, think she's, you know, sub- creating some sort of subterfuge with uh, other Vulcans to s- prove that they can't, they can't, you know, they don't have, they can't cut the mustard out in space. <laughs> yeah. Um, and uh, it. it <laughs> It definitely pisses Trip off, and because he's tripping nuts, the st- the people that they see her talking to aren't real. Mm-hmm. It's a, a hallucinogenic effect. That's right. And when they have Novakovich up, Phlox figures out that he's been uh, affected. Forgive me for not remembering exactly what it was, but he's been affected with uh, the psychotropic drug, but it's going to kill him. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, that's when... In a standoff sort of scenario, when Tucker takes the, uh, it's okay, it's not loaded. Uh, <laughs> when uh, Tucker takes the phaser from T'Pol, and you know Archer tries to con, he contacts them and tries to tell them what's going on, and Trip denies it, and he goes, "It's fucking bullshit. She's a dirty fucking Vulcan. She's trying to you know double cross us," mm-hmm. and. Um, T'Pol's so fucked up, she's speaking Vulcan instead, mm-hmm. but, and, uh, she ends up, T'Pol, uh, relays a message to Hoshi, who knows Vulcan, that she's speaking, uh, she's saying that she's in danger, uh, Trip's got a gun on her, and we need to figure something out. They devise a plan where they play act, I think, uh, let's see if I have the line. I don't think I do, but... More or less, to Paul says, you know, theater arts isn't a tradition on Vulcan, but she'll do yeah. her best. Yes, that's um, true. And then they uh, they act their goddamn way out of it, and to Paul proceeds to stun, stun Trip and knock him out, and then at which point they transport down the vaccine, the antipsychotropic effects. To Paul shoots everyone up with it, and there's a. Uh, very heartwarming scene where they say, oh, well, you know, I didn't really mean everything I said last night, um, which I'm yeah. sure happens to to you all the time. And, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and myself being, being <laughs> got, you know, just a couple of dudes who spend their free time start talking about Star Trek. Yeah. Happens all the time. Um, I definitely wake up uh, a lot of mornings and say, whoa, what the fuck happened? <laughs> yeah, that's what my dog tells me. You were crazy last night. Um, <laughs> and uh, and so, yeah, so there. So, uh, a, it, it allegedly, according to um, the f- early iteration of the story, uh, Novakovich was supposed to die. Interesting. Um, but uh, Brandon and Braga didn't want to have any people die this early on, and that... That sort of storytelling really affected some of the actors in it, specifically uh, K- 
Killingsley flocks mm-hmm. said, you know, there's there's no danger here, despite mm-hmm. being in danger. If no one's going to fucking die, what's the consequence of these rash decisions that they're making? Yeah, and it is it is a classic Star Trek trope where, you know, you go down to the surface with some nameless ensign, mm-hmm. you know. He's going to cap- die. The captain's coming back, <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I, I definitely would have liked to have seen some death in this one, but um, I guess it kind of does play into the whole Jonathan Archer, heartwarming first voyages. We're making mistakes. We're in mm-hmm. Vincent space, mm-hmm. you know, um, type spiel or type energy of, of the show thus far. I, I think I think my biggest gripe um, is to Paul being a Vulcan and someone who's had this warp speed technology traveled the traveled the world galaxy rather. Mm-hmm. Um, the Vulcans have transporter technology, right? Mm-hmm. Why isn't she like, yo, it's fine. Let's just transport yeah. off this bitch. You yeah, know? yeah, Seriously. exactly. Um, you know it, that that shit really got me. Uh, thinking what you know what the fuck's going on here why are we still taking shuttles yeah (laughs) you know and it's just you know but like you were saying the the complete disregard for protocols you know archer's like fuck it nah let's just go down we gotta fucking take a camp and so there's a blatant disregard for disrupting an ecosystem with Mm -hmm. their human brazenness yeah exactly um and, you know, it, it brings up, again, I know you mentioned in, in the first episode, uh, the whole, you know, uh, xenophobia type thing. Mm-hmm. You know, when, when Trip starts tripping, he gets xenophobic against uh, <laughs> against T'Pol. And, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, it just shows that, that, that those sentiments aren't gone. And, yeah. you know, it's it, that's... Again, they've nailed the continuity because in the first episode they set up that like the Vulcans, you know, especially Archer didn't like him growing up, and I imagine a lot of the crew are the same. Where, you know, they don't like the, Vul- the how the Vulcans have kept them back and and not given them the technology. Mm-hmm. So it's interesting that Trip get when he gets when he hallucinates, he immediately gets uh, racist. Yeah, racist <laughs> towards mm-hmm. Paul. Where where do you think do where do you think Trip is from? Have you gotten to that point yet? I think he's in he's, your first watch through a little bit. Uh, maybe Montana or something like that. So no, he he's actually from Florida. Really? Yeah. Huh. Which I do, becomes I, I do hear some Creole in there, a little bit. Yeah, he's definitely got that Southern accent, but I was he he's not even from Panhandle, Florida. He's from like. You know, middle of the little dick that hangs off. <laughs> <laughs> not sure what they actually call that. The keys? No, not the keys. Not at mm. the bottom, but, you know, this is Florida. He's, like, right here. Okay. <laughs> it becomes important later on. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, but uh, I just... Let's go to another gripe. Yeah, it's let's the, go. It's, it's the future, right? Mm-hmm. How come the camping gear is like early two thousands Patagonia? You know, yeah. like I got this at REI. Yeah. There's no no future camp. Yeah, there, yeah. <laughs> you would expect something of the future. Hopefully, you know, be made out of chrome. Yeah, def- 
crawl all, all of the, the the shotgun from the first episode that was made out of chrome mm-hmm. um i i and you know expanding off of that tent you know i thought it was a fine piece of acting that ensign mayweather and and trip did when they were in the in the tent together and that scorpion sneaks in and they're they're obviously like shaking <laughs> the, the tent like with their backs i thought that was a fine bit of acting yeah yeah you know they, they they do a really good job of actually creating drama and building tension with limited effects yes definitely you know and i think mm-hmm. that's a real it's a real cause for you know storytelling despite everyone mm-hmm. really hating on this uh this iteration of star trek Mm -hmm. and that's why they're wrong um but you know again that that's why i feel like this series is is can just you can you can justify it being part of the canon because that's that's a trope of star trek you know which is Mm -hmm. you know the story it's more about the story and less about the special effects exactly Um, i mean granted this this series does seem to have a bit more special effects than the other series but mm-hmm. I mean, that's you know, a product that's of the a time. Su- yeah, exactly. Um, I I I particularly like that. Um, it's just cute how how in awe they are over the new planet. Mm-hmm. They just they just couldn't they couldn't love it anymore, and <laughs> you know, I, I I just love how. You know it's early on in this series because Archer or Bacula is mm-hmm. just overacting his fucking ass off. In he this really one. is, and uh, it's. It, I like how ensemble they these are. They really mm-hmm. kind of hold true to that early next generation TOS sort of vibe. Yeah, and you know Archer again shows that he's just a wholesome warm-hearted mm-hmm. son of a bitch when you know they're out doing the survey the original survey and to paul calls him on the tricorder or calls him on the communicator and says captain where are you we we're supposed to rendezvous 10 yep. minutes ago he's, he says we took a stroll to paul you know it's like dad <laughs> dad always has some wholesome reason as to why things aren't That's- going exactly as Vulc- as the vulcans would have liked to be planned <laughs> yeah, a, a real, real lack of order, and you know. Mm-hmm. Furthermore, Archer continues down. Uh, they, during the middle of the storm, he tries to fly down with uh, Mayweather. Mm-hmm. You know, and you just gotta love that. You know, he's trying to cowboy his way in to save the day. <laughs> he's a real, real take on Kirk. Yeah, um, I, I just had a thought right now. Um, you know, since we've been calling back, back uh, Scott Bakula dad. Do you think? <laughs> do you think that it would be a, a a valid maybe observation that maybe Archer could be considered kind of the father figure, and to Paul maybe more of the the mother character, the mother figure? Oh yeah, hey, definitely with their little crew of kids. Yeah, I mean because you know Archer is kind of the you know play, he plays fast and loose. You know, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. gives people tough love, is stern, but always gives them a smile and a pat on the back later. Whereas yeah. to Paul is kind of more the, uh, maybe the stereotypical mother where, you know, she sees her kids having fun and she'd rather them, you know, be off doing their homework and, and working <laughs> on themselves. But <laughs> Disneyland dad over here. That's right. And I'm, I'm not saying that's an accurate depiction of... of 
how families interact, but I mean, we've seen that kind of maybe enacted over the years and over the decades in film and in cinema, you know, just mm-hmm. that, that, that classic dichotomy of, of strict overbearing mother and, you know, whimsical fun dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, if uh, Cisco and DS9 didn't love baseball, I would be damned to think that Archer would be the one that loved baseball and yeah. said it's water polo. I I really liked how uh, when Trip and T'Pol are having the standoff, she just walks over and gives mm-hmm. him like the world's quickest sleeper hold. <laughs> <laughs> You're done. Thanks. Yeah. Um, it uh, on on this on a second viewing here, mm-hmm. it really was obvious the. Uh, the glowing bugs, the yeah. pollen that was out. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't even notice that the first time, and then this time it's like, oh, dude! Right as they show up, there's a little fucking pollen out. Right as yeah. it gets, right as it gets dark time, nighttime, dark time. Um, you know what's interesting is is they they land on this planet. There's a ton of foliage. You know, there's trees, there's water, mm-hmm. there's mm-hmm. every sign of life, but you don't ever see a single animal. Like, yep. if there weren't humanoids around, there would at least be space cougars, space jaguars. Yeah, space lobster. Space lobster, you know, some sort of mammalian, um, some space sort of mammalian, lobster. space lobster, <laughs> some sort of mammalian iteration mm-hmm. of, of mm-hmm. life form. Um, but you don't see that here, and that I've... I've find that interesting but maybe again that's kind of going back to you know limited budget focusing more on the story and focusing more on how the crew interacts with each other yeah um so uh, yeah actually that that's pretty salient i think uh they don't really need to focus on the extracurriculars i feel like if that <laughs> if if enterprise if enterprise was made now there would be you know, you would there would be one shot of like a space iguana. Yes. You know, showing its colors and like a bird mm-hmm. hopping yeah. around. Yeah. By the way, this is you don't <laughs> years of training, you know, to become these sort of animals. Um, the title of this episode is "Strange New World," as we referenced mm-hmm. before, and that yes. that itself references both a narration spoken by William Shatner in mm. the opening credits of TOS, as well as a book by brave new um as well as the book brave new world by aldous huxley interesting um in which the inhabitants of an entire civilization are drugged so Mm. that's kind of the allegories that are going on here wow um i love how deep they get with this you know and and how subtle it is and And how not overstated it is that's the beauty of of star trek i think and Mm -hmm. i think that's why we're doing um sort of philosophical you know allegorical stories mm-hmm. different takes on episodes through all of star trek in the in the patreon mm-hmm. you know because you know this is just an overview of the shows by star date not to pitch the patreon real quick but in the patreon we're doing extra extra little episodes so check us out on there that's right yeah uh but back to it, uh, the the writers on this episode said they wrote this one mm-hmm. um, while they were still casting. 
So they were like, I wonder what Enterprise looks like. You know, they had just gotten used to writing Voyager and its characters, and now they mm-hmm. have brand new characters who were from 200 years earlier, mm-hmm. and they had to learn everything that they had learned writing Voyager. Mm-hmm. Um, so they tried to take a take on the characters that were relatable from the present, but not, you know, there was a sense of, they didn't know who they were, they wanted to make them relatable, Mm -hmm. and yet not so relatable that they were different enough. Um, So, it's just interesting that they wrote this one, which, I mean, it kind of comes across as it's just kind of a typical A, B sort of story tension, so they didn't need to know what they looked like, Mm -hmm. Uh, but just a pretty interesting little tidbit there. Yeah. Um, yeah, the writing staff states that they were deliberately setting out to concentrate more on character-centered stories than on high-concept science fiction yarns. Mm-hmm. Um, they did, I mean, even though that was their intention, you know, the, the whole psychotropic, you know, hallucinogenic pollen thing, like, that's a, it's interesting, you know, uh, it's, you know, this is going to sound really obvious, but, you know, you go to other planets, like, you can't expect it to be just like Earth. Exactly. You know, there's going to be stuff there that, you know, there's going to be pollen there that could, you know, and they got lucky that it was only hallucinogen. Well, it could it could have killed them if they, if flocks didn't if develop they, exactly. that, that um, antigen to it. But, um, you know, it is kind of like a tale of caution for the, for enterprise and her crew it's like yeah you guys are are itching to get out there and explore but again you're new to this mm-hmm. you know and um maybe it's good that they're making these little baby mistakes because it's it's instructive for later about you know how cautious they should be mm-hmm. i i couldn't agree more and i think that is one of the saving graces of enterprise and this that they're learning the process of what's going on mm-hmm. um this episode, by the way, the planet that they visit mm-hmm. uh, in a in a much later episode in A Mirror Darkly Part 2, the bio screen of Archer reveals that this episode's planet is the first M-Class planet visited by a human, and it was later named Archer 4. Oh, uh, okay. Yeah, a planet originally mentioned as the site of battle between the Klingons and the Enterprise-D in TNG's Yesterday's Enterprise. Hmm. Um, which is kind of fun. And then Archer also mentions mentions the planet to Captain Hernandez in the fourth season in the episode Home. Hmm. <clears throat> this is CT Archer f- 4. Yeah, CT Alpha! What? <laughs> Archer 4. Um, and then there's another reference to this planet. Archer apparently really, really loves talking about this planet um, because <laughs> in... in uh, Later in this season, in the episode Oasis, while strolling with uh, Mayweather, Archer asks if uh, their visit to the ship in that episode is turning into one of his famous ghost stories, as the one he tells in this episode. It's like That's right, yeah. You weren't even there for the ghost story, my guy. (laughs) So you're telling a story of a story, uh, you know, to the Mm -hmm. guy who told the stories. (laughs) You know, it just seems like... You know, this is something Dad totally would do. Yeah. Um, it's also Dad, the fr- Dad would tell a story like he was there. That is You're something not- Dad would do. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> That's my bacula. 
<laughs> it's like halfway between a, a smirk and a grin. Yeah. But also a little, like, questioning. Yeah, a little bit. Inquisitive. Um, it's an inqui- inquisitive half smirk grin. <laughs> this is the first time in any Star Trek that they uh, reveal that the, Van- the Vulcan planetary classification of Minshara class. It's always just been mm. class M. Right. Uh, which is kind of cool. And then, uh, so, fun fact, these rock creatures the one that they hallucinated, uh, they were actually an abandoned concept for Star Trek V's The Final Frontier. Hmm. The movie. Yeah, the movie. Okay. Star Trek V. Uh, the, you mean the people that kind of, uh, what's the word, uh, like evaporate out of the wall kind of a little bit? Yeah, yeah, the ones that the the crew is hallucinating that T'Pol's talking to. Mm-hmm. That was supposed to be, like, the main villain in Star Trek V, The mm. Final Frontier, but they scrapped it due to budgetary uh, constraints. <laughs> so they went with the with the Klingons again. I mean, you know. <laughs> let's just paint him, you know, a little darker. It's fine. Yeah. Fucking Star Trek. <laughs> but, uh... Um... Did you did you have anything else you wanted to you wanted to hit here? No, not really. I mean, this was kind of just a. I mean, in comparison, I mean, it's a good episode. It's it's still, it's still Star Trek, but like yeah. you were gesturing there, it's a real cut and dry episode. Yeah, I think I think we should. Uh, we're gonna do this on the fly. Mm-hmm. Uh, discuss. We need to come up with some sort of ranking system. Yeah, I think that would be good. Um, and, uh, you know, maybe that'll come up in one of these few episodes, but for now, I'm going to give it a, I'm going to give it a three. Okay. Out of five? Out of five. Okay. Yeah, just a good middle of the road episode. Yeah. You know, monster of the week sort of thing. I'm with you there. Deal. Well, uh, this has been... Oh, uh, the Star Companion Podcast. I'm Zach, right. and I'm David. And um, you uh, can find us on any major podcasting platform, including iTunes and what was the other one? Uh, Google Play, Spotify, YouTube. Mm-hmm. The videos on YouTube. Um, just search the Star Companion. Uh, you'll find us. We also have an Instagram, so you can follow us there. We post fun little memes and. Mm-hmm. Fun little tidbits, and again, if you'd like to follow us along the timeline, we have it posted on our website, and you can um, find most of the episodes on Netflix and anything else you can just steal. <laughs> Bye. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. 